Oh, she's done it. Brilliantly executed. Incredible stuff. The whole family are watching on in anticipation. And yes, there's the final nail in the chicken coop. Dad's been promising to build for a decade. And don't the kids just love it. Coming in for the final turn. He's gone to the left, a little bit to the right. Dodged the hills hoist. Grass clippings flying in his wake. Precision mowing doesn't get any better than that. They've really set their sights high for this one. A pizza oven, water feature and a new deck all by the end of lockdown. But is it too much too soon? Only time will tell. He's a do-it-yourself legend in the making. Welcome to the sport of gardening. For Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime, and Trojan Tools, built tough, available at Bunnings Warehouse. Here's your hosts, Dale Vine and Jay Neal. And hello, welcome to the Sport of Gardening. Whether you're listening to us via podcast anywhere in Australia or on a Sunday morning right around the country on SEN, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jane Neild, passionate gardener. And, well, I'm happy to talk gardening any time I get the chance. I'm with Dale Vine, who is a landscaped gardener. He does this professionally. He won a couple of hundred grand on the block back in 2012 with his very talented wife, Sophie, and he's just written a book. How are you, Dale? I'm good, thanks, Jane. Well, at least you get to talk gardening with me every uh, <laughs> Sunday at 8am. And loving it. We're a few episodes in now and getting to know you, Dale, and your particular style of gardening, which I think if I had to think about the last couple of weeks, your style, sustainable, definitely comes to mind. Yeah, I like to be sustainable as I can. Um, yeah, we incorporate a lot of sustainable practices into just our living at home as much as we can. Um, we like to teach the kids good habits and, um, yeah, hopefully it flows on into their lives for, you know, down the track. For years to come, a lot of people just starting to come out of the isolation that many of us have been in globally, in fact, due to the COVID-19 lockdown restrictions. But many of us enjoying our gardens more than ever. We've had tales of people getting stuck right into the DIY work at home, being uh, given large lists to accomplish while they're trying to juggle the kids and working from home. And today on the show, we're going to catch up with another person from the Bombers because we had a lot of fun talking with James Kelly last week. So today, Jacob Townsend, who, from what I understand, has sort of traded the footy boots for some work boots, Dale. Yeah, he's gone from uh, footy training probably, I don't know, three or four days a week uh, and then a game on the weekends to uh, him and Sean McKernan. Smack have been out there on the tools and and wheelbarrow um, labouring for a concreter that Sean knows. So uh, a great way to keep fit and we'll uh, check in with him and, and see what they've been up to. Now, excitingly, Dale, we've actually got a new sponsor on the show. So it's a big welcome. It is exciting. To the team from Cyclone Tools built to last a lifetime and also Trojan. So two incredible brands that you're going to see on the shelves at leading hardware retailers and, of course, Bunnings. Now, Trojan have actually got the lifetime guarantee. They mean it, you break it, they'll replace it. No questions asked. How good's that? (laughs) So thanks to Trojan and Cyclone, I have sent you home last week with a nice little 13-piece screwdriver set. I gave you the task to fix something to review these screwdrivers 
did you actually accomplish anything? I sure did, Jane. And uh, it wasn't a landscaping job I took on with this uh, screwdriver set. I actually had a job that Sophie's been begging me to do for ages, which is take off the kids' wardrobe doors and okay. uh, repaint them. So there's, they've stuck things with blue tack and uh, <laughs> glue and all sorts of things over the past on them. So they were pretty worn and they needed sanding and painting. We will review this later on in the show and find out whether or not you rated the Trojan 13-piece compared to the old screwdriver you just dragged out of the kitchen drawer that's usually just full of complete junk and random tools. So later in the show, we'll get uh, Dale's Trojan tool review. And we're also going to catch up with Brian Brennan from the Great Ocean Road Nursery to find out what he's been doing with uh, his clients over the last few months and what perhaps is trending when it comes to plant buying at the moment. Right now, though, it is our pleasure To catch up with a man who has a big job ahead of him, the Spring Racing Carnival is just around the corner. Whether it goes ahead with or without crowds is yet to be seen. In just a moment, Mick Ryan, the Senior Grounds and Gardens Manager at Flemington. week on the Sport of Gardening, we caught up with Liam O'Keefe, who is the racecourse manager at Flemington. He did mention, Dale, didn't he, that there's nothing quite like being at a race meet full of people in their finery and walking down past the roses at Flemington. It's a pretty iconic place, isn't it? Oh, it sure is, Jane. I've done it plenty of times and it uh, it's, a, it's a spectacular um, sight to actually go um, through those arches and, and witness all the roses blooming all at the same time and smelling amazing. So it's it's great. <laughs> well, we have plenty of racing fans listening to us right around Australia on SEN track. We thought we would get the man who is responsible for those beautiful blooms. Mick Ryan, the Senior Grounds and Gardens Manager at Flemington, joins us. Hello, Mick. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Jane. G'day, Dale. G'day, mate. Hey, now, Mick, uh, obviously there's a bit to this. It's, a, it's I'm not going to call it a science, but it's um, there's a lot more than just uh, planting these roses and then they'll do their thing uh, every year. Surely surely your job is a little more complicated than that to get them all flowering at the right time. Uh, that's right. Uh, the, at home, yeah, you can um, just give them water and food and they're happy, but at Flemington, because we want them out on the one day in particular, which... Um, a pretty big day for us, Melbourne Cup Day, is the um, the timing of your pruning. So, yeah, we've started pruning in um, April, late April, and we uh, we'll finish pruning some different varieties by mid-August. So it's it's about your pruning, your schedule, and observation. So each year, have a look at them and learn from it, and, and see if we can do better again the, the next year. So pruning is the key to uh, controlling your flower times. That's that's really a handy trick there, I reckon. Yeah, it is, but it's it's um, like we used to do our standards on July the first um, with the climate change and whatnot. We we do our standards in well, probably mid July now, um, so it's, the times have changed. So you still have to um, watch and learn, and and just some days you, you tweak it. So each day we um, are different on beginning of pruning. It's a three day difference on the other end when they're flowering. Mm. 
Now, you were lucky to take over from Terry Freeman, who was there for years and years and years. What was it like to learn from some, someone who was really a master? Yeah, Terry, yeah, a bit of pressure on me this year, my first carnival on my own. <laughs> Terry's a great man. He was there for 42 years. Um, I'm very lucky to have did my apprenticeship under Terry and, and I've been there for 30 years myself. So I'm pretty confident going in, but um, Terry's a good friend of mine, so he's always a phone call away if I'm yeah. in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you've got it, mate. I'm I'm uh, expecting big things this year, bloom-wise. Yeah, it's interesting too with um, the, the COVID that's going on at the moment. So my first year could be without a crowd, but we're working towards hopefully having a crowd there in some capacity. Well, and if it is a crowd and very select people, I think that's going to be quite incredible, really, to, to have just a handful of people experience the on-course spring racing carnival excitement. Yeah, well, actually, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, they they would be um, spoiled because they get to have the, enjoy the gardens all to themselves with so many people there. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And if there's no crowds, mate, then you get a, a pass year anyway, and you um and you can figure it out from there if it didn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, Channel Channel Ten will be there in that's um, true. one of our good sponsors, so they'll be there, and their cameras don't they, they pick up a lot of small things. So, yeah, we make sure we cross every detail, otherwise those cameras pick it up. Oh, they've always got a still shot of some sort of a yellow rose, generally, at least. Now, is it true there's 16,000 rose bushes at Flemington? That is staggering. Yeah, that is true. That, there's a lot of that's, <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot to do, yeah. So when I first started, it was only 6,000. So um, but it's grown from the from the uh, bedding ring right out up to the front gate and right across the stables. And yeah, it's a, the place is beautiful and green and, and colourful now. So, yeah, it's, it's come a long way. You're on the sport of gardening and we are chatting with Mick Ryan, the Senior Grounds and Garden Manager at Flemington. Do you have a favourite bloom, a favourite variety of rose, Mick, that you would recommend people try growing at home? I actually do. I used to be in love with the Peace Climber, um, but there's a rose at Flemington and, and I'm not being biased. We got to name it, so we picked it. It's called Flemington Racecourse. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's won, it's won an award. It's, it's it's a clean and it's disease-free and it's just uh, reliable. It just flowers all the time. What colour? Flower is it? It's like a burgundy, like a purpley. Yeah, more purple. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a purpley rose. Hey, Mick, where do we get ourselves one of these Flemington Racecourse roses if we want to get one? Uh, like most things these days, online. You can try Trelaw's Roses down at Portland or Rankin's Roses um, over in uh, Officer, I think they are, and um, Wagner's uh, Roses. You can try those three places. You should be able to get some. Now, you're also doing some pretty amazing stuff when it comes to sustainability uh, with VRC. I had no idea that somewhere tucked away at the back of the track were goats. Tell us about the goats, Mick. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sitting at home um, one day and I was watching a documentary on ABC and I saw some goats eating the blackberry and, and noxious weeds around uh, railway lines and, and places like that. So I thought, well, why not Flemington? Because I've got an area at the back of the race course where our uh, drainage from our um, tracks and everything goes out onto the out to the Marron River and, you know, they spray chemicals and things like that, which I don't like doing anyway. So I thought, why not try the goats on the bankment at, at, along the river there and along our creek? And they did. They did a wonderful job. There was 11 goats and they ate a whole lot of blackberry for me in no time. It was fantastic. Oh, well, they must be pretty well contained, mate, because I haven't seen one wander out onto the uh, track during a meet or anything like that so <laughs> yeah, far today. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good call, Dale. I had to put a temporary fence around the area that they were in 
because um, it's actually close to our, our uh, temporary plant nursery. Yep. Ooh. We have lots of temporary plant displays on race days and <laughs> all of our stocks over there. Those goats get out yeah, to do a bit of damage on our plants. Yeah, so, my yeah, mum got a goat sure. for Christmas this year um, because she lives on a, a little... Uh, 20 acre property in Balungarook, and uh, it's the best and worst thing she's ever had. She reckons it's <laughs> Billy's his name, not very imaginative, but um, yeah. Billy Goat. Billy Goat does a great job of getting all the blackberry around the dam, but um, also has a crack at her roses, the standards that are up and down her driveway. So oh. they're forever shooing him oh. away now. I've got a feeling yeah, no, that if those goats got out, they might actually end up on the menu at Flemington because you do have a real paddock-to-plate approach there. Tell us about uh, the veggie garden and its expansion from providing just a couple of things for the chefs that work at the race course to now really cranking out a fair bit of food to be used in the in the catering. Yeah, the, 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 chefs, the chefs are all on board about that. They were asking for places where we could actually grow some. And, and Flemington, as big as it is, it's not big enough for those four days of the carnival. Um, so I was struggling to find somewhere. So we found a place over in our nursery where in, they're in big planter boxes and we're just starting to get that really going until the, the COVID hit us. So we had to um, just stall it for now, but we've got a huge, huge area allocated for herbs and veggies. So the chefs are quite excited by all that. Yeah, wow. So goats... Horses, obviously, for Flemington. Bees as well to make honey. Mate, this is going to turn into a children's farm that people can come and visit soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's the idea. We, we hope that the community appreciate the things we're doing because we like to be sustainable. Um, the, the honey, is a, I'm looking forward to trying some of the honey in our pastry, and the chefs promised me that it'll come along nicely. And, yeah, we try to do the right thing by the community, and we've opened up our gates at the moment around the community to, to walk through and walk their dogs and exercise while they're all in lockdown. That's fantastic, so, uh, mate. Yeah. Now, anything you can go yourself and then it goes onto the plates there at Flemington in the uh, restaurants is uh, fantastic. So well done to you and the chefs as well for taking that initiative. Uh, thank you. Can I just ask you what you do with the gazillions of coffee grounds that are used if you have crowds in a normal race meet? Where do you uh, put the coffee in the garden? The coffee goes into, we've got a compost, um, like a huge pile, probably 60 metres of compost pile that we turn over probably six times a year just to get it to rot down to a good soil. So we put our, we mix our coffee grounds into our compost and then add it to the rose garden. Oh, fantastic. There you go. The coffee's like 60 a... 60 metres worth, Jane. That's only a, a couple of metres more than you've got at home of your own compost. <laughs> just, just a few. Well, Mick, it's been wonderful to chat with you. And, of course, we've got that visual image of Flemington one day, whether it's 2020 or we have to wait a little longer. But with the crowds back, with those beautiful roses blooming, with the television cameras beaming out the pictures all around the world, and we know that you are going to have had a huge part in it. Thanks so much for sharing some of your secrets on the sport of gardening. No, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mick. That's Mick Ryan, Senior Grounds and Garden Manager at Flemington on the sport of gardening. Thanks to Cyclone Tools, making premium gardening products for over 100 years. Available at Bunnings Warehouse and leading hardware retailers. And for Trojan Tools, they're backed by a lifetime guarantee, no questions asked. Trojan Tools are available at Bunnings Warehouse. Still to come on the sport of gardening, we check in with Brian Brennan from the Great Ocean Road Nursery to see what plants have been popular at 
at this time of year. And in just a moment, we'll find out what life is like for Essendon player Jacob Townsend. Yes, we know footy is going to be back on June 11th, but Jacob has had to swap his footy boots more recently for gum boots as he's gotten into the landscaping game while footy was on a break. He's up next on The Sport of Gardening. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Welcome back to The Sport of Gardening, a show that exists because so many sports don't at the moment and we've all suddenly found ourselves with a whole lot more time on our hands to get in the garden, tackle a reno project or start growing our own food. I'm Jane Neild and my co-host is Dale Vine, professional landscaper and former contestant on The Block who also has a book out. How's the book going, Dale? Oh, I assume it's pretty good, Jane. (laughs) (laughs) The Outdoor Reno Guide with Dale Vine. Uh, Transform your garden on any budget here. He is a Mad Bombers fan as well. And each week we've been checking in with players. And last week we spoke to James Kelly from Essendon. Heard a rumour that some of the guys had switched the footy for possibly work tools, Dale. So you've uh, come up with a cracking interview today. Yeah, so I've got uh, Jacob Townsend, a new bomber, ex-Richmond player. And um, those boys, him and another couple of boys, are keeping fit in a, in a new way. So... Uh, let's get him on the phone and have a yak. Hello, Jacob. How are you going? Good, thanks, guys. How are you going? Good, mate. So what are you doing with yourself, Jacob? You're not p- kicking the footy. You're uh, pushing a barrow instead. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, true. Yeah. So obviously without, without playing or, or being in the club and having to train, um, we've had to, f- I've had to find some bit of extra things to do to sort of fill in the day and, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so I've been, uh, I've been working, uh, me and uh, Sean McKernan, actually, uh, with his mate. Um, I'm going to give a little plug here, but Mark's Concreting. Um, so if you need any concreting around Melbourne, Mark's Concreting is the man. So we've been doing that. Been pushing burrows of crushed rock and then concrete uphill. But um, I think by next week, um, I'll, be, I'll be up grading a bit and I'll be on the... I'll be in there. I'll be in the trenches with the boys. I think. In there with the gun boots on, on mate. Yeah, yeah, with the gun boots Jeez. on. I think. Bloody uh, Sean McKernan could almost act as a big um, a pumping crane, couldn't he? He could just hold the pumping line over the top of a bloody fence and uh, pump it into where it needs to go. Yeah, he's, he's a big uh, boy and he's got big uh, mitts too. So whenever we need some of the uh, lift, something heavy or something over, I think he's he's a man. But uh, he's also got size. I think. 16 work work boots and they get caught all the time in a mess so um, he's always falling over things. Hey Jacob, what was it like actually trading those uh, footy boots for the big work boots? When was the last time that you'd actually done sort of manual hard physical labour as opposed to the really tough work of being a professional AFL player? Yeah, well I like this little, I sort of like call myself a bit of a handyman a little bit um, so I, I'm actually doing my carpentry course um, as well at the same time as uh, as playing footy, so I've uh, I've called, called the boots on the four, but this is Sean's uh, Sean McKernan's first time. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I've always enjoyed um, always enjoyed yeah doing this sort of work. So um, yeah, when the opportunity uh, come up, I I, I said yeah, one hundred percent do it. And how does it feel after a day of doing concreting compared to perhaps just a you know few k's on the g playing a professional game of football? How do you pull up? Is there different parts of your body aching after a day on the wheelbarrow than they would be after a match? Yeah, no, there is for sure, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I've formally you know, got got used to it now, but after the first week, yeah, there's, there's parts of your body which is sore that you never thought you had, um, and then 
and then stuff like that. But uh, I think, think I've come a bit, bit accustomed to it, to it now. But also, yeah, obviously having to work all day and then and then after and then after we finish having to go and having to go and do our program uh, that we got sent um, has been a bit of an eye opener. And then that makes you makes makes you have a bit bit more of a respect for the uh, all of the all the blokes that obviously have um, these uh, jobs and head of AFL train, training or any training after hours and, and sort of have to do that. But um, yeah, and I, but it's also been been enjoyable at the same time. It's a bit like going back to the old days of footy, Jane, when um, blokes yeah. used to play and also work <laughs> full-time at the same time. So I remember they say um, Buddha Hocking and that used to be um, Garbos running behind the garbage truck yes. uh, whilst they were still footy players. So, yeah, it's probably a bit of a flash flash in the past for you, Jacob. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, nice. And you've said you've slowly been upgrading yourself <laughs> um, as far as becoming a concreter. So uh, in a couple of weeks, you've gone from pushing barrows and getting concrete splattered all over you from the truck um, into putting on some gumboots and maybe pulling back with a shovel for the bloke on the screed. Uh, mate, next week you'll be screeding off, and I reckon by the time you finish, before you play footy, you'll be on the bull float, finishing it off all nice and smooth. At the moment, I actually think my football career is getting in the way of my concrete one, so um, <laughs> I might have to bloody push it, push, push back training an extra couple of weeks. No, so can, don't uh, yeah, do that. So I can be on the bull float. <laughs> um, and bull float, please, Dale, for those of us who do not know oh, how to it's concrete. The, it's basically the finishing tool that right. makes it all nice and uh, smooth, Jane. Yeah. So if I'm icing a cake, it's the thing it's you use at the end to make it. looking thing, yeah. Exactly but yeah. Same, just sort of on a <laughs> bit bigger of a scale. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love it. Jacob, tell me, though, is it tempting, once you have finished a job, to just sneak down back onto the worksite and put your initials in the concrete? I cannot resist well, wet concrete, but I know it's wrong. Yeah, no, I've definitely done that before with, with my old man, who's a, who's a builder, and I actually did say to uh, Mark at the boss uh, this morning, I was like, just just before we had, had the training, last call we do, I have to put put something in it yep. so they can so they know that I was there. Oh, I hope it's just your initials, mate, because <laughs> I, I can tell you it's not the most common thing that turns up in concrete if you leave it overnight for a council job. Um, you can, your imagination can go wild there and you can guess an image. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a good trade, mate, and I'm glad you're keeping fit doing something different, um, as, along with um, Smack, they call him, Sean McKernan. Yeah, Smacker. Yeah, big, big smack. Um, so that's great, mate. And I'm, I'm sure there's you're not the only one throughout the AFL clubs and, and even Essendon that are uh, uh, keeping fit by doing something a bit different like labouring for a concreter. Yeah, I mean, Smack had said the other day that we, I reckon we'll be, we'll be heading back in a lot better nick than what we did when we were there. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, like you actually, you actually burn, burn more doing this, I think, than you actually do playing footy. You probably do, mate. <laughs> hey, um, what's your snack of choice? Because I don't usually eat too much while I'm working. I sort of snack on snakes and Alan's lollies and things like that. What are, what are you hoeing to, mate, to keep the energy up? Well, I like to pack me um, uh, smoko every day and I try to sort of keep it half okay for the body. Um, so I've I always make uh, two ham and cheese toasters um, for like smoke, smoke o and, and and a few other snacks like usually bars and that. But um, there was a, the the job we're doing the other day, he actually uh, the client he owned Subway and oh, he owned one Subway and uh, one I think 
Donut King, one one Donut King. So he oh, nice. every day he was bringing in brand new, fresh, hot donuts off the press. So good lord, you're supposed to be keeping fit, mate. <laughs> well, as I said earlier, I'm bloody preparing more than I am playing footy. So <laughs> uh, play on, mate. That sounds good. Jacob, there is the proposal on the table that you'll have to go into a lockdown situation, into a hub, perhaps interstate, perhaps uh, in a regional community. Are you looking forward to that or is it a little bit daunting? No, see, personally, I, I don't mind the idea. Um, I, I, obviously, we're all keen to sort of get, get back and start playing footy again. And, and we are in a pandemic that's, you know, things aren't going to be perfect. But I can understand, obviously, that where other players and other people have families and, and stuff stuff like that, um, which makes it a little bit more difficult for them. But, yeah, for me personally, I, I, I look forward to going into a hub and going into going to stay at a nice resort, going to play a bit of golf <laughs> when you can and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, but as I said, um, there's, a, there's a fair few players that have, like, small fam, fam, families and kids so that would make it a lot harder than uh, me just at home had the dog. So that's about it. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. Well, well done for putting the positivity hat on about the hubs. That's about the best thing we've heard about them so far, I reckon, Jane. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not sure what, what, what everyone else is thinking, but I don't mind them. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jacob Townsend from Essendon there. Enjoy the rest of the uh, concreting work, and we look forward to seeing you back on the footy field very soon, Jacob. All right, guys. Thanks for the chat. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. It's great to have you with us on the sport of gardening. It's all thanks to Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime. Available at Bunnings Warehouse and leading hardware retailers and Trojan Tools. Tools built tough and you can get them at Bunnings Warehouse as well. Dale Vine is with us. He is a landscape gardener. He has written his own book, Dale Vine's Outdoor Reno Guide, Transform Your Garden on Any Budget. And Dale has a lot of great connections within the landscaping industry from... I guess, professional gardeners to people who really, this is not sport. This is a serious living that they are making. Introduce us to our next guest, Dale. Yes, Jane. I've got a mixed bag of friends, to be honest, in the throughout <laughs> the industry. But one of the good ones is uh, Brian Brennan, and he owns the uh, Great Ocean Road Nursery down there in Balbray, halfway pretty much between... Uh, Geelong and Lawn. Coastal area of Victoria. Very coastal, yeah. They've got a lot of great plants that provide for those areas as well down there. So uh, Brian's very good on the plant knowledge and uh, just a great bloke. So I thought I'd get him on the show and, and have a yak. Hello, Brian. How are you? Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Dale. Morning, mate. Now, Brian, last week I um, gave the tip to people. Uh, obviously, Mother's Day was last Sunday um, that instead of buying a a bouquet of flowers to give their mum that maybe this year a more sustainable idea and a, and a nicer one would be to go to your local nursery and grab her a, a live real plant that she can hang on to for a long time and, and will bloom for many years rather than just a, a quick little one. So um, what did you find out there, mate, were people coming in and, and buying for their mums for Mother's Day? Yeah, it's something that women really do promote as well, Dale, because it is lovely to get a bouquet of uh, beautiful uh, colourful flowers, but um, they only last for at the best for a couple of weeks and then they're gone, whereas yeah, if you give them a, uh, a beautiful plant, then they last for a long time. So we've got a lot more interest and a lot more people coming in and 
What they're after is um, either a, a lovely native just to put in a uh, special spot in the garden or what people were also looking for was the uh, indoor plants, which have obviously become very popular of, of, uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely, mate. And indoor plants, uh, as we know, uh, some people do struggle with them. They, uh, they're the perfect gift. Everybody likes to receive a nice indoor plant, especially a nice big one. But then what do you find are the most common pitfalls that people are, are coming back to you with sad stories about their indoor plants and, and what's gone wrong? Good question, Dale, because, yes, people do get very excited about some of the plants they buy and then come back a few weeks later and say, look, you know, or a month later and say they're not very happy. And so we do spend a lot of time with people when they buy to make sure that they select the right plant for the right person. And if a person is very good with their plants, then they'll manage okay. But obviously, if they're not, then we steer them towards something which is pretty low maintenance and uh, will give a really good result and then they don't have much trouble with. So, for example, with uh, Mother's Day, one of them was very popular was the uh, Monstera Deliciosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, magnificent plant, uh, pretty well indestructible, tolerates a, a whole range of conditions. And uh, I actually gave my mother one of these, and it was one of the uh, special ones, the variegated ones. Oh, yeah. And she was just so excited by it, and uh, just uh, as a new leaf starts started to appear, she uh, was uh, sending me photos of it. And so it becomes a an ongoing thing, too, with the, uh, the recipient and the receiver. So... Um, there's other ones that are very good are the things like the um, uh, Bevel's Ivy is just always a very popular plant, so a lot of people were getting those. It's, um, again, very, very easy to look after. But in terms of the biggest pitfalls, Dale, the biggest issue is overwatering. <laughs> it's extraordinary how people will just feel that a little bit of water is good, so a, a lot is uh, probably better. And, of course, it's uh, obviously not true. And my strongest recommendation for anybody who did receive a plant last week from uh, a loving friend or family member is just over the winter in particular, keep them very, very, very dry. It's amazing how dry these plants can uh, remain over winter and still absolutely thrive. It's kind of counterintuitive though. Like you really just think, it, like we need to eat every day. So it doesn't sort of click in your brain, does it, that plants have a much slower metabolism than us? Yeah, exactly, Jane. And it is very counterintuitive and what we do is we often recommend to people that um, don't just trust your judgment on it. Get hold of a, a moisture meter, cheap and easy, pop it in, and it'll tell you exactly where the plant's up to. And it's interesting with the monsteras, for example, that they can go for, depending on the conditions they're in, but you can go for a couple of months without watering them over the winter time. Yeah, wow. For something that has such a big leaf, it just seems strange, doesn't it, to look at it and think it doesn't need much. But, um, yeah, you're right, though. I reckon uh, it's one of those situations where it's almost like the opposite to out of sight, out of mind. Indoor plants, are they're seen every day. They're not like a plant that's outside and you sort of ignore it a bit and, you know, oh, rain will do it out there. If you're looking at it yeah. every day, you're thinking, oh, geez, I've seen it. I should be doing something with that. I should be watering it. And then, they're, yeah, you're right. They probably kill them with love. <laughs> You're on the sport of gardening with Brian Brennan from the Great Ocean Road Nursery. Brian, we've seen a lot of people turn to their backyards, turn to their gardens for solace in the COVID-19 lockdown, which we're just starting to sort of come out of now. Have you had people who have never gardened before come into the nursery and say, look, 
I want to plant some veggies. I, I just want something beautiful to look at in my backyard. Do you feel like it's been a real boom for the nursery industry? No doubt about that, Jane. It's just been quite extraordinary. And um, the number of people have been coming in and, yes, haven't grown veggies before, but just looking for something to do, something to do with the kids, something to just take their mind off what's been happening over the last um, six, eight weeks. And it's just been really heartening. And we like to spend a bit of time with people when they're doing this to give them a bit of advice, which is pretty basic, really, and then make sure that things will actually thrive for them so that uh, next year, hopefully, they'll say, look, this is great to be able to go and get some fresh veggies from the garden and then they'll uh, continue on with the uh, with the habit. Um, so the, the basic things with the veggies is it's always about the soil. And if your soil's not absolutely right, then things are going to struggle and you're going to become quite disheartened. So um, well-composted, um, a bit of uh, well-composted manure or something to go in with the soil. And then the next thing is position. And uh, if you get those two things right, then you're guaranteed that uh, you've got a very good chance of getting a bountiful crop. The other thing to keep in mind at the moment, though, is just the white butterflies are out in uh, really extraordinary numbers this year. I've never seen them uh, in such big numbers that uh, any of the Brassica family, which is a very good time to be putting in, make sure that for the next uh, couple of weeks at least, until it gets a little bit colder, that you've got them netted. There's no other really simple solution to keeping them off your plants. Yeah, that's a great tip, mate. I've just uh, done my own netting at home, just used a little bit of netting from a pack that I bought, cut it all up and uh, just threw that over with a bit of conju, like a sparky would use, and that was enough just to keep them off the veggies. So, so far, so good. Uh, Nothing's got in, and uh, I must have made it pretty airtight, I reckon. Well, not airtight, because you still need air. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I actually did this year? I've got a couple of kale that came up as just, um, obviously, there were seeds from last year where they got devastated by the grubs and the white moths. I put an old birdcage I found in the hard rubbish over it. It's not sealed, but obviously they don't like, Brian, to actually fly into something where they feel trapped. So even though it's not sealed off, it's actually stopped them from landing and laying their eggs. It's a great idea, Jane. Interesting, uh, we've noticed that in the nursery that the plant that they go to first every time is the kale. So mm-hmm. if you are a keen grower of kale, do make sure that they are covered. And the other thing that's extraordinary is just how many eggs these um, butterflies can actually lay in a short space of time. And uh, if you don't uh, get them under control, they will uh, decimate your crop pretty quickly. And where do you find the eggs, mate? Are they underneath the leaf and what do you get rid yeah, of them with? Yeah, on the top and the bottom, but it's interesting. If you see a few on top, but then when you look underneath the leaf, you'll often find that there is just an absolute cluster there and uh, there's no room for anything else but these eggs. And uh, then even if you do brush them off, five minutes later another one's back and it's actually put them back on there again. So really protecting things is the only way to go. Uh, Brian, what are you excited about in the industry in the next sort of couple of years? Are you seeing lots of developments in terms of plants, maybe native plants? What's kind of caught your eye at the moment? Definitely the, uh, the interest in the natives, Jane, is just absolutely amazing and it's just wonderful to see. And as people are moving away from the more English-type uh, gardens to the native gardens, then a lot of the other uh, propagators and the growers are becoming more confident to grow a bigger range of the native plants. And it's just extraordinary, the range of plants that are available in Australia and some absolutely beautiful ones that you know most people have never heard of before. 
and yet they are just spectacular with their flowers, with their foliage. And, of course, they are adapted to our climate. So with the uh, changing of the climate, it just makes so much sense to be putting in plants which are really um, able to cope with uh, the, the current climate change that we're going through a lot better than a lot of other introduced species. And just by way of example, uh, the, the Zantaria, the beautiful grass tree, uh, is interesting and um, just uh, we've got a lot of interest in some of these really quite unique species and there's the Xantharia minor, for example, which is the one which grows uh, with the beautiful foliage without the trunk and it's just the most spectacular plant but it gets growing. So it's great to see this real interest in our um, beautiful uh, vocal um, flora. Yeah, that's great, mate. And like you said, it's uh, moving away from all that sort of English design and stuff. It, it does take a lot less maintenance as well, and, and you just basically stick them in and go, and they and they do their thing and look great. So it is a great trend, and I'm glad the growers are um, growing towards that trend and, and putting more time into the, the natives. Yeah, no, no, very, very pleasing to see. Brian, are you like a painter? Is your, your uh, you know, a painter's house that's a little bit shabby? How's your garden looking at home, or do you spend all of your time at work doing the right thing and then get home and go, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I, I'm actually a bit remiss to tell people where I live, Jane, because uh, we're in a busy street. A lot of people who go to the nursery drive past our place. Um, but we can claim at the moment to be okay. We're doing some renovations, so it does look very, very messy at the moment. Um, and the other thing is, of course, that we put most of our time in, out at the nursery, so we're generally out there seven days a week. So our front garden has been a bit neglected, but maybe give us about six months and come and have a look, and we'll have redone it all and maybe it'll be looking a bit better. No, at ease, Brian. It's not about your garden, mate. It's about you helping other people's, and uh, by the sounds of it, mate, uh, you're all over it out there at Great Ocean Road Nursery. And um, I know myself, because I've been in and bought plenty of plants, that uh, they do a great job out there at um, providing nice, healthy plants that are uh, going to fit into anyone's garden. So well done, mate. Thanks, Dale. And that is Brian Brennan. Thanks so much for your time on the show, Brian. It's my pleasure. And that was Brian Brennan from the Great Ocean Road Nursery. Dale's a keen uh, shopper down at that nursery. You can check them out on all of the social media platforms at Great Ocean Road Nursery on Instagram or just Google search them for their website. You are listening to The Sport of Gardening and it's all thanks to Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime, available at Bunnings Warehouse and leading hardware retailers and Trojan Tools, tools built tough, available at Bunnings Warehouse. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Welcome back to The Sport of Gardening right around Australia on SEN or via podcast. I'm Jane Neal, joined with Dale Vine, my co-host. We're here thanks to Cyclone Tools. Yes, they make premium gardening products and have been the choice of garden landscapers for over 100 years. And thanks to Trojan Tools, built tough... They have a lifetime guarantee. You break it, they'll replace it. No questions asked. Trojan tools available at Bunnings Warehouse and, of course, the Cyclone at Bunnings and any leading hardware retailers. Dale, I sent you home with a little box of goodies from Trojan last week and got to say, love the fact that they're giving you the chance to try out some of their tools. Yeah, they did, Jane, and it was um, was actually really great because I – 
got one of those jobs that Sophie's been nagging me about for a long time, um, done using them. Um, and it was uh, one of those jobs that you couldn't actually use. A um, Most people use drills and things with driver bits on them to to unscrew and screw up things these days. Yeah, if they're lazy, um, Dale. I'm that's dry. right. Yeah, well, I do. <laughs> um, but this time I actually had to remove the um, wardrobe doors of the kids' rooms um, and give them a repaint. And in doing so, I'd sort of come across some hinges and screws that had years and years of caked on. Somebody else had painted them a heap of times and they were just really caked in with paint, basically. So um, I had to go the old school version and and use a screwdriver kit. Uh, And I was so thankful that I had the Trojan screwdrivers to do it because the grip on them was just designed for your fingers and everything to fit straight into them. I haven't seen grooves like this before and, and they were really handy and really comfortable as well, just sitting in your hand. So obviously a lot of work's gone into the ergonometry and the design of them. Uh, But one of the great little features, once I'd actually got them off, got them painted and was putting hinges back on, that I didn't even realise was on the actual screwdriver itself until I needed it. Uh, I dropped a screw when I was putting the hinges back on and I just sort of yeah. <laughs> uh, instinctively sort of just leant down with a screwdriver to sort of poke at it, I guess, before I had to drop the door and, and go for it again. And it actually stuck to the end of the screwdriver. So they got magnetic tips magnetic on all of these tips. screwdrivers. Yeah, so it was fantastic because <laughs> I, I didn't have to let the door go again and, and set up again. I could just lean down with a screwdriver, tap the screw and it stuck to it and I was away again. So, yeah, um, yeah it was fantastic. It was a feature I didn't expect, but really handy. I still use old tools from probably the 60s or 70s. Yep. When you were talking about the grip there, it's like, it's kind of just like yeah, it's some like a sort round of fiberglass. That's, it. that's yep. it. Round cylinder. Certainly no magnetic tips. So no. do you think I need to upgrade? I think they've come a long <laughs> way, Jane, since your old 60s set of uh, hand tools you probably inherited from your grandpa. I did. And the other thing that really frustrates me about my tools is I can't actually hang them up in the shed on the shadow board because most of them don't necessarily have a hole in the end. That's a so- very good point, Jane, and these ones do. Um, so if you've got your little handy kit, they give you a little case that you can store them in if you want to um, take them around to your work sites or wherever. But if you are one of those persons that has a garden shed set up meticulously with areas for everything and put away where they're supposed to go, then these have the little holes and, and you can put them up on their individual little screws. Which is Well, that is the 13-piece Trojan screwdriver set, is it? That's it. That's the one. Go out and grab one because they were bloody handy. So out of 10? Uh, I'm giving it a 10. I'm I'm going snow for what it is (laughs) for the screwdrivers themselves. I'm giving them a 10. You okay. can't make them better than that. Thank you very much. To Trojan, who are our new sponsors? Trojan, you can get the lifetime guarantee. You break it, they are going to replace it. And also thanks to Cyclone Tools. We're going to have another tool review test for you next week, Dale. But great to hear that Sophie can now tick off the doors another on one. the cupboards. Yeah, there's another job ticked off. <laughs> off the job list. Now, we also invite our listeners each week to send you in a question. You can ask Dale anything via the email feedback at sportofgardening.com.au. I think this could be in the category of relationship advice more than particularly oh, your area of expertise, Dale, but let's go for it anyway. Uh, this is from Leanne, who is from Kiraville, which is near Wollongong. Hello, Leanne. She asked you, Dale, how do I convince my partner that he needs professional help with his gardening? <laughs> He's got great ideas, collecting materials and getting started, just not very good at finishing things. 
How do uh, I get him to admit he needs some professional help? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've taken step one, which is outing him to everybody. Um, yeah, well, I think it's probably a pretty common um, scenario around uh, a lot of people's homes. Jane's is the, the classic husband that takes on jobs, gets it 80% done and then um, leaves it to never be finished. I'm going to say it's not actually a gender thing because I am guilty as yeah. sin of that one. I am t- oh, I've got a great uh, idea. Very true. Oops, Sunday night, didn't pack the tools away and there's still a half-finished project. So yeah. go on, but not not just a bloke thing. <laughs> yeah, no, they're very true. And I think uh, the only way that I suppose, I don't think I'd be spending money taking to a therapist, but I'd be, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd maybe spend a little bit of money and get a tradesman around just to finish off that last 20% that he won't commit to doing. And um, yeah, a job's always better 100% finished than, than 80%, yeah. Jane, as you know. So um, it probably won't cost as much as you think, and at least he saved you, you know, some money in getting mm. something done. So. Well, I guess, yeah, if you started a project, that's good. I'm actually going to dob Ryan in because Leanne says it's her partner and Ryan. So I think even getting a <laughs> quote and saying, look, it's only four or $500 worth of help or, you know, maybe it's not out of the budget. That's right. Or maybe the the cost of um, finishing it off from a tradesman will inspire him to do it himself and save some coins. So there you go. There you go. Reverse psychology. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dr. Dale. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been wonderful spending our Sunday morning here with you, Dale. Thank you so much. Now, of course, after Mother's Day, I know they have flown off the shelves. Just a reminder that Dale has a book out, Dale Vine's Outdoor Reno Guide, Transform Your Garden on Any Budget. And Dale, I have to say credit to you because as I was leafing through this during the week, you really do cater for people on all sorts of budgets, don't you? We're not just talking top end of town here. No, that's the whole point of the book, Jane. Yep, it's for the every every man and woman um, and it's just for your average sort of Australian that can, um, you know, inspire to have something nicer out there. And, and even for people, Dale, who are renting, like, you know, many of us renting, there are ideas that you can use when you're renting. You don't necessarily want to be spending thousands of dollars, but you can at least make things look a little brighter. That's it, mate. It's uh, it's a great guide for the homeowner and also for those people that don't own homes and want to get something, you know, to feel a little better about where they live as well. So, yeah, jobs for everybody. Get it now. Do all your planning during winter and then when spring hits and we're all allowed to actually get out and about, we'll all be able to get stuck into those projects. Dale, thank you very much. Thanks, Jane. You've been on the sport of gardening. We will join you again next week, same time, same place. If you'd like to send in a question, feedback at thesportofgardening.com.au. It's all thanks to Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime, and thanks to Trojan Tools, built tough. Available at Bunnings Warehouse and leading hardware retailers. We'll talk to you again next week. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal.